I'm up here today. It's such a privilege being here. I love being here with my Whangarei family. Um, but I'm also at a youth camp, so this is why I've got this band on. I'm, I'm the guest speaker at a camp at, uh, where is it? Uh, Marsden Point Christian Camp. It's a little bit further away. Oh, I'm not quite there. I'll, I'll talk, to, talk about them soon. But um, So I'm, I'm preaching at, the, at this Christian camp, and um, I'm like talking to these guys, and the youth pastor there, he's 23. And when he told me that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so old. I don't even, I, I'm just so old. And you get that this, the perspective, you know. So you guys look at me and going, oh, he's so young. And then I'm, I'm this youth pastor, he's 23 and leading this, this youth ministry. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, shouldn't even be here. I'm so, so old. But anyway, I'm, so I'm, but I'm feeling young this morning. I'm feeling energetic because I've been around young people. But I tell you, I'm going to just help them with their energy and their in their music. You guys are far more alive than they are, so I'm just going to bring something to them. Um, I love that, that sting. I want more of you, God. I want more. I want more. You know, if, if that's all you walk out with this morning, is God, I just want more of you. You know, what kind of desire would that be? You know, that for, we just all walk out and say, God, I just want more of your presence. Anyway, hey, uh, man, it's just been a crazy, crazy adventure, but I was up here. I was at Last week, I was up here in Whangarei during the week with your, with your staff team, and Don and Penny were there, and Stephen, and, and I just got to make sure I include everyone, so Pam and Colleen and Janet, who's out there, we we're all sitting around a table talking about what we really feel is on God's heart. You know, you have got such an amazing bunch of staff here, amazing bunch of people with just such a heart for God and want to see God break out. And this morning, I really want to continue on that thought and, and really just push that and talk about that. But before I do, this is the first time I've been here without my family. So I, I thought I'd just better mention, you know, uh, Pastor Stephen was talking about the holidays. Zach only turned five about six weeks ago. So now I'm experiencing what it means to have kids on school holidays. And it's like, oh my, I, I, I had no comprehension until all of a sudden they're at home for like two weeks I feel your pain. I just, I just understand. And then I'm already dreading the Christmas holidays. You know, Sam here, she's looking forward to the Christmas holidays because she's like got six, seven weeks without contact with the kids. They're going to be at home the whole time. I'm like, oh, I'm already, my hair's going grey. I'm thinking about it. But anyway, I'm just, so, so they're actually, Pastor Jody, my wife, she's preaching at the West Campus this morning, because Pastor Tark, he's in, right now he's in Singapore, he's actually been in Pakistan all week. So I really just want to mention to you, we've just taken up the missions offering, so I want to say two things about it. Not only are you guys supporting all that, but you're supporting everything that Church Unlimited does around the country with your missions offering, and that's, and around the world, that's sending people overseas, uh, lots of different stuff that happens, we've got um, magazines and all that kind of thing, but also things like the church plant in Rotorua, you know, which is starting up and it's just started going, you know, that's, our missions dollar is just going so many different places, and you know what's exciting about that, is when you get to heaven, somebody's going to come up to you. And go, I want to say thank you. And you're like, well, what, did you do? what did I do? I don't even know who you are. Well, you gave. And because of that, I got saved in Rotorua. Well, because of that, my, I, 
I had a past that had been released in Pakistan, and then I got saved. And so just understanding that. The other thing is, don't worry about what day you give with your missions offering. You can give any day, any Sunday. If you just tag it missions, it goes. Okay, So you don't have to worry about, oh, I missed out this morning. You can give any day to missions because as a church, we're so big on missions, and that's what it's all about. So next photo. So those are my kids. They've been, hopefully they've been good this morning. Um, I Three weeks ago, I was up in Canada, somewhere in the middle. Oh, there, I'm not too, too small. There's past the Bruce Hills. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, I was up there, uh, and what was really funny, I got invited to speak to an emerging leaders group of Arabic-speaking people in Canada. How crazy, Arabic-speaking people in Canada. But, you know, we're a... You know, we're a generation now that people live anywhere and everywhere, and you know, we've got lots of Tuvaluans and Church Unlimited, which is awesome. We've got a church in Tuvalu, but you know, God brings people everywhere, and it was just exciting to be over there and see what God's doing, and, and that was awesome. But anyway, we're going to get to a message. I've kind of themed it around the All Blacks, but don't worry, I will not tell you the, sh- the score, I promise. Um, but I'm not going to get to see the game. So if you are watching it, you can come to me afterwards and you can tell me how they're going and all that because I've got to go back to the youth camp. But my prayer this morning in the next few minutes that we've got is that God speaks to you. I don't know what he's going to say, but that we will personally hear something from God because ultimately we're not here to just hear a message. We want to hear from the throne room. So I just want us to stop and just to pray. And just ask God to really speak this morning. Is that all right? So let's just close our eyes and just focus. Father, right now we come, Lord, as we gather around your word. And we ask, Lord, that you speak so personally this morning. Father, let us hear your voice to us individually. Lord, also to us as a, as a family. But individually, let us hear what you're saying. Lord, let us get that one phrase, that one verse, that one thought. God, and let it really plant in our spirit, we pray. Father, give us ears to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of you would know uh, the prophets David and Greta Peters. They're kind of planted in Church Unlimited. Well, about six weeks ago, they came um, out west and they said this thing around conference. They said they really feel in their heart, this is what they're getting from God, that New Zealand and beyond is going to be like an upper room experience. And straight away I went, What's that? Now, hands up, if I say that, who knows what an upper room experience is? Okay, well, we better look into it then, okay? Which I, which I figure, because some of us who have been brought in, born in the church and lived in the church, upper room is like, oh, straight away, Acts 2, know what that is. But for some of us, it's like, what is Acts 2 and what is it all about? So if you want to turn in your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen, but let's have a look at Acts 2 verse 1. Honestly, this is my favorite chapter in the Bible. I love this chapter. This is, this is what it's all about, the early church getting set on fire. So this, we're looking at the upper room. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Okay, now, upper room experience. They were there in an upper room together, one, praying, believing, seeking God, and then what happened? God turned up. 
The Holy Spirit turned up in power and fire. So when the prophets are saying there's going to be an upper room experience, they're talking about that kind of thing. Tongues of fire turning up. But see, it's not just about an experience because the upper room did something to the church. Well, it started the church. But then if you go a little bit further on in Acts chapter 2, down to verse 41, we see what happened because of the Holy Spirit turning up. And see, I think this is really important that we often miss. See, we want an upper room experience. God, come and touch me. But that's not for God to touch us. That's for God to work through us. So we come down in Acts 2 verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Because the Holy Spirit turned up in that upper room, the gospel broke out into that community. 3,000 souls. You know, imagine that. We have an upper room experience, and then 3,000 people get saved in Whangarei. Wouldn't that be awesome? Some of you are not sure about it. You might lose your seat. You know, I might not be able to come and find the right seat, you know, that's grooved to you, you know, because there's too many people in here. Would that be a good problem? Okay, only half of you are sure about that. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs. Man, I want to see that. I want people to declare that over us. Many signs and wonders. We're done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. See, I, I believe there's something so powerful about that, that God wants to do, but there's this key. And there's a key not for conference. Don't, don't hear, I'm not preaching about conference, okay? Don't worry about that. I'm preaching about what God wants to do. I'm preaching about what God wants to do here in this family in Church Unlimited in Whangarei. And I'm preaching about what God wants to do in your family, in your marriage, in your workplace. And I think it comes out of that word I've underlined there, together. And that's the title of this message, together. So if you're taking notes, just write it down, together. If you grab that, then it'll be pretty simple. So, see, right now some of you are thinking, but Sam, you're just talking about an upper room experience, and now you're talking about being together in the All Blacks? Well, how did we jump from the Holy Ghost and power of God to something so worldly like being united and together? And see, what I want to say this morning, and first of all, we need to understand this, the concept of unity, the concept of being a team, the concept of being together, that's not McDonald's idea. That's not some sports team's idea. That's God's idea. God is the one who brought that concept of unity. God is the one who put it in place. It just so happens that the corporate world, the sports world, they're using the principle far more than the churches. And it's time that we, as individuals, as families, as a church, and as the church in Whangarei, as the church in New Zealand, we start understanding that where God brings people together There's real power. There's real unity. But we have to say, man, that's something that I want. That's something that I want to fight for. And so often, even just in our families, we're not bringing that united front, that, hey, we're a team, husband and wife, the family unit. You know, we need to come together to really work. But before I... So let's just really dive into 
one of the key verses, Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, for us, for the church to dwell together. But then the other example that God gives, and I really love it about the body, the body, but you know when we say the body of Christ, who are we talking about? We're talking about us, but not us, Church Unlimited, Whangarei. Not even us, Church Unlimited. God's talking about the body, the believers in New Zealand, the believers worldwide. For just as the body is one, and many members or many parts, all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. See, Jesus is the head of the church, the head of the body of Christ, and we are all different parts. And we need to be united, not like a a limb over there and another limb over there and this leg down there, all believing different things. Even here in this place, you know, we want to be together, not the heart, not agreeing with everything else. You know, just picture that thought, you know, us as a family, if we're all together, working together, serving, loving each other, how powerful would that be? But God's example of the body, imagine if if 80%, we'd be stoked with 60% of the church, you know, not just you guys, like everyone who calls Church Unlimited Whangarei home, they're like, man, we're 100% on board. But imagine if only 60% of your body was on board. Just imagine that. What what 60% do you want to do without? What 40% do you want to do without? Man, I need 100% of my body, I'm telling you that. You know, I want need 100%. I want my hearing. I want my heart. I want my lungs. I want my liver, my kidney. You know, you know what I'm talking about? We can't do without it. And that's the importance. We need everyone. So let me give you some examples of this. Because I think sometimes we need to get a real understanding. And before I do, I really want to say what's interesting about this. As we've had uh, about three, two prophets and a guest speaker come to Church Unlimited Global and talk to Pastor Tark and the leaders this year, and they've all talked about unity. And sometimes it's like we need to go, oh, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to us? And it's not saying, oh, you're all... Dis- What's the right word? Disunited? Dis- got disunity? You're all separated. It's not saying that. It's saying the more we can come together, the more that power comes. You know, it's saying, come on, God, more. God, let us bring to come together and really work as a team. So I want to use a couple of examples. The one that really jumps out, and it's funny that the All Blacks are playing today, but there's this guy named Liam Messam. If you follow rugby, you'll know who Liam Messam is. If you don't follow rugby, you don't need to know who he is. You just need to know, understand this example. So... Last year, that's right, last year, we won the World Cup. Yay, who cares? Anyway, we won the World Cup. But what's really interesting is this guy, Liam Messam, he's the guy with the beanie on next to Sonny Bill. Liam Messam was part of the team. He was part of the World Cup team. And do you know how many minutes he played in the whole of the World Cup? Seven minutes total. Out of all those games that the All Blacks played, he played seven minutes total. Now, if, can we go back one, one slide? What's interesting in this photo, see Sonny Bill, he's wearing the All Black jersey. What's Liam Messam wearing? He's just wearing, like, you know, just a T-shirt. He's just wearing the training shirt. See, 
Liam Misson was part of the team, but he never really got on the field. And yet I want to say that the All Blacks would see him as one of the key members for the World Cup. And you know why he was one of the key members? Because he didn't care whether he was playing on the field. He said, I'm part of this team and I'm going to do anything I can. And there was an article that came out during the World Cup, and if you follow rugby, you'd know what I'm going to, about to say. That they were saying that he, the best water boy in the world. Why? Because he found whatever he could do, and he did it the best he could. And so if you go to the next photo, you see him there. There's Liam Messam standing right behind the core leadership team. Do you know why? Because he was part of the core leadership team, even though he never got on the field. Now, I don't know how we move that example into church world, but if you don't ever get on the stage, it doesn't mean you're not extremely important to the work that God's doing. You know, we have to understand that God has got a a role for us to play in the team, and it doesn't matter where, we just got to do it to the best of our ability. And I want to say that without Liam Messam, I don't think the All Blacks would have been as good as they were at the World Cup, and it didn't need him to put on the jersey and play on the field. It needed him to do all that he could for the team. And see, that's such an example. You know, we need to see that we have a role to play. It doesn't mean that we need to be preaching to be part of the team. It doesn't mean we need to be leading the children's ministry to be part of the team. God has a role for every single one of you. Every single one of you are so important to the kingdom of God. I want you to look at the person next to you and tell them, God needs you. Do do you actually believe it? God needs you. You are so valuable to the work that God wants to do, not just in Whangarei, but what God wants to do in New Zealand. Because when we are united, God will move. God will really move in this place. But it starts with one understanding that you're important. You are important. Let that sink into your spirit. God needs you. God wants you to be not just on the team, but an active, vital member of the body. Allow that to sink in. You are so valuable. You are so valuable. You've got to receive that. So... If we jump back into the Bible, there's a very interesting area in Genesis 11. Some of you will know about it in Genesis 11, if you want to turn there. It's quite interesting because, see, God wants to bless people who are united. But God actually set the principle in place. So we've got the Tower of Babel. Here these people come together and they make a decision. We're going to build a tower to the heavens. And this is what God says. He said, look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. And after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. You know what's really interesting? God's not even backing them. God's actually against them. And he's still saying that where they are united, there's nothing that they can't do. Imagine if we get united with the power of God behind us. If, if they can build a tower to the heavens way back, way, way back in history, and God was so concerned about it that he went and disrupted their language, imagine what he can do with a church that goes, we're going to reach our community. 
but not in our own strength, but in His strength. And we're going to get united together, and we're going to do something about it. Imagine what God could do. Can you just start thinking about it? But then, then add this scripture to it. I will do exceedingly abundantly above what you dare to dream, think, or imagine. God wants to do more than what you can even imagine. Maybe you can imagine this place being filled two times every Sunday. God wants to do more than that. But let's start at just imagining that. You know, all of a sudden, Pastor Steve and the leadership team are thinking, two services on a Sunday? You mean I have to turn up? Oh, But wouldn't that be a problem? Would that be a good problem? Everyone who doesn't have to come twice says yes, that's right. Let's... So I want you to grab the picture of the power of this. Winston Churchill said, right at the time when the the Nazis were coming and bombing London to bits and everything, he said this, if we are together, nothing is impossible. He's not talking about the church behind the power of God. He's just saying, if the nation stays together, if we are divided, all will fail. Now, you know what happened. History tells us. They stayed together. They really united together. And London still stood. In the end, the Allies won the war. But what was he saying? It's about unity. It's about understanding the power and the importance of unity. And sometimes we can forget it. We can forget the importance of it. In Matthew 12, verse 25, it says this. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, A divided kingdom ends in ruin. A city or home divided against itself cannot stand. Let's just pause for a moment and just have a look at the, um, the places where this is so important. It's important in the church, right? It's important here. Yeah? Yeah? We're okay with that? Okay. So it's important. But it's also important in the departments of the church, like the music team or the kids' department or the life groups. It's important there. What about in our home? A divided home will not stand. A home. We've got to fight for unity. We've got to fight for that, that harmony in our homes. What about in our marriages? You know, we want God to bless our marriages, right? I would have thought some of you might get a little bit more excited about your marriages than that. We want God to bless our marriages. Well, what do we have to do? We have to work at unity. I'm not saying you're going to agree on everything because, man, Jody and I don't, but maybe you guys do because you've got a better marriage than us. But the point is, is we've got to fight for unity together. We've got to not worry about these things. We've got to say, man, I'm going to fight for this. I want to see God really work because the truth is, that's God's heart. Now, I could go on this tangent for a while and talk about the importance of unity in the church and, and here in this place, but I would want to play a video clip for a little bit because there's a video clip that I just... Uh, nah, we're going to leave the video clip. We're going to leave the video clip. Sorry, we're just for sake of time. We're just going to keep, keep going. But the importance here is more than this, the devil knows the power of unity. And he will do anything he can to break the unity in the church. He will start a little whisper over here and a little whisper over there. Why? Because he just doesn't want there to be unity. Because he knows where there's unity, there's power, there's blessing, there's favor. And we want the power, we want the blessing, but the devil doesn't want it. But you know what? He doesn't want it in your home either. 
He doesn't want it in the body of Christ. He doesn't want it in the church. But he doesn't want it in your home. He doesn't want it in your family. He doesn't want it in your department. And we need to be aware of this because he's going to do everything he can to break that. So let me give you a, another example of this. See, when there's working together, it's called synergism. And a great example is horses. Now, in America, we don't really do it here, but in America, they have these horse-pulling competitions. I mean, you can make a competition out of anything, can't you? But anyway, so they have these horse-pulling competitions. And what they do is one horse tries and pulls as much as they can. But then they bring two horses together. And what they find is when you bring two horses together, they can't just add what they pull. They start increasing. So say, and it's crazy numbers, you know, like if a horse by itself can pull around two ton, then two horses together, they can actually pull around six ton. That's a lot of weight. That's quite crazy. But do you know what they find is when you actually bring two horses together like this, and they're well trained and they've grown up together, then their power, because they're united, they know each other, and they know each other's strengths and weaknesses, when they link them together, their strength, their synergism is so much stronger because they are really united together. See, that's God's picture for the church. He wants to bring us together with the same heart, with the same burden, with the same passion. You know, and truly, Pastor Steve talked about prayer meetings, coming together and praying together in the same place. There's something about it. We're going to look at that verse a little bit later, but there's something so powerful in that. I need to just grab that together. Together we're going to change Whangarei. Individually, we can try our best, but together, that's when God comes. Now, I want to give you another illustration, and this is a little bit harder to do it here, but you need to see the pictures. So in the West Campus, the church has got some really big wooden beams, and they're basically pieces of wood exactly like this, laminated together. And now those beams that you're seeing across there. Now, I've got no idea how much the roof, the roof weighs, but I would be daring to say when the, it rains, which is pretty much every day in Auckland, right? Come on, Northland guys. You, you like bagging us, don't you? Come on, you can agree with that. You know, there'd be quite a few tons on that roof structure, right? Well, if you go to the next slide, you can see a bit closer. So that's one of those beams. See, it's just these bits of wood laminated and glued together, holding the whole roof and all the rain and all the water over a, a thousand plus people. You'd think they'd be pretty strong, right? They'd have to be. You're not sure about it. They'd have to be. I hope they're pretty strong. Well, let me give you an example. See, this is one of those boards. And when you bring them all together and glue them and laminate them together, they get really strong. But do you want to know how strong this one board is? You'd think it'd be strong, wouldn't you? You think? And that's only like a little bit of my weight. Do you see what I'm saying? These laminated together become very strong. Individually, it's kindling. Do, do you understand? That's us together. Now, think about this, whether you're whacking. You, you no, know, you don't do that anymore, do you? No, just, but you, you understand what I'm saying? The power and unity. So what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Psalm 
133 makes it really clear. See, where there is unity, God comes down and pours it down the head. And where there's unity, it goes right throughout the body. It says here, it's like precious oil upon the head, running down the beard. I don't have a beard, but, you know, but running down, running down to the edge of its garments. That's what unity looks like. And then goes on. The bottom says, For there the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore. Where there is unity, God commands the blessing. It happens. It's not, oh, if we're united, maybe God will bless us. No, God will bless us. And you need to understand that. So what do we do about this? Very simply, I've got a few points that I just want us to wrap up with. Number one, you need to have a revelation. And hopefully, God's starting to let something get in here. Not in here, but in here. God, we need unity. God, we need unity. We need to come together as one, as a family. And maybe for you, it's starting with your family at home. And God, we need to build that. We need to strengthen it. We need to do what we can. But as the body of Christ, not just here, but in Whangarei going, we need to see our city saved. Is that right? We need to see our city going to heaven in a relationship with God. Well, you know, it's not going to happen when every church is fighting against itself. Not that we're saying you're fighting, but you know what I mean. But imagine if the body comes together, every church is going to be full. And that's God's heart. He doesn't want to just fill one church. He wants to fill every church. But it starts with unity. It starts with that understanding. And the truth is, what God wants to do in this place is far bigger than anything that the James family can handle. I'm just telling you that. It's far bigger than that. He needs all of you. God really does need all of you. Number two, find a place to get involved. You, you know those family members? Don't find a place to get involved. You know, just find a place. Come along to the premium. Just do something to be part of the body. Ushering, car park. You know, it's a good problem when you need a car parking team, right? You know, it's a good problem when you need a car parking team. I think we're at a place where we need a car parking team. You know, when the car park's too full, just go out and, and be part of what God's doing. There's so many ways you can give to be part of this. Now, I do just want to stop here and pause. You know, you can give your time. You can give financially. You can pray. There's so many ways that you can be part of this family. And I just want to say, find a way. Find a way to really say, I am part of this. I'm locked in. I'm doing this together. Number three. Yeah, number three. Be aware and defend unity. Like I said, Satan wants to break unity. So you have to actually be aware when somebody comes and whispers you something, go, no, 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 that's not true. Or if they're saying something, go, no, no, no I'm, for the, I'm for the body. Maybe you need to go and talk to somebody about that, but I'm going to defend the unity. Here in the family, in my family, in this house, in the body of Christ, I'm not going to talk negative about another church. Why? Because we ultimately are one body. Maybe we have different expressions Maybe we like the music differently. Maybe we speak in tongues, but we're one body under Jesus. And we need to be united and say, together we're going to make a difference and have that heart. Now, jumping down to uh, the next side, pray together. I've already mentioned this. Matthew 18 verse 19 says, Again, I tell you that if two of you, just two of you, 
So imagine if you start getting 30, 50 people turning up to your prayer meeting every Thursday. Imagine the power in that. That would be awesome, right? It is a bit of an effort to get out, especially if it's raining like this, but it's worth it. Come out and pray. If you agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. You know, let's not limit what God wants to do. Let's not limit. We need to come together with that heart, God for unity. And lastly, I want to say with this, sometimes we have to put aside the, oh, how does it suit me? And what about the we? Not me, but we. Now, I want to say here publicly, and Stephen's going to chuckle about this a little bit, but some of you are a little bit wiser than me. I like using the word wiser than me, okay? Some of you are a little bit wiser. There's a number of quite wise people in this room. And I love the fact that you guys are here and the music's getting a bit more energetic and things have changed a lot over the last eight months. But you know what? You're like, I'm behind this. I'm here. And I want to say probably one of the reasons you're seeing it is because you know that it's not just about you. It's about the next generation and the next generation. And as a body, we're a family. That's grandparents, parents, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. It's everything. But understanding it's not about me, it's about we. And sometimes we need to choose. Actually, that may not suit me, but you know, for the, for the collective we, it's so much better, and I'm getting behind it. I'm going to support it. And I don't know what area I'm, because I'm not speaking to any area, but understanding we and not me is so important. Going, hey, if somebody comes to ask me to get involved, well, I'd prefer not to, but for the we, I'm going to do it. You know, thinking we and not me is so, so important. Maybe some of you need to write that down, just that concept, we and not me. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 says, Paul pleads with us. Now I plead with you, brethren. This is the Apostle Paul pleading with the church. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same purpose. This is way back in the early church. Apostle Paul is telling us the same thing. Be one. Be together. Be joined together. Why? Because there's so much power in it. If I can have the musicians come up. I want to just say this morning, whatever illustration it is, whether it's Liam Messon, whether it's the horses working together, whether it's the picture of the wood and the strength that there comes when there really is unity and strength, whatever it is, together, church, together, God will bless what is happening. God will bless what's happening. You know, where there's unity in departments, God will pour out His blessing more in those areas than any other areas. Why? Because of unity. And and if we get a revelation of this, if we understand the power of this, God will come. God will open the windows of here and pour out His blessing. And I believe you guys are here because that's your heartbeat. That's your desire. Please hear me. This isn't about correcting something that's wrong. This is about seeing, man, if we step into this even more, imagine what God can do. Imagine what God can do. 
if we get that revelation, man, I, I, I honestly, I see this building full. I see this building full twice on a Sunday. But you know what? It's not going to happen until we, until we get that understanding. God, together, you are going to come. You know, together. And you know what? When this building's full, you guys are all going to be part of the core team that's making it happen. Because you know, the bigger it gets, the more you are part of the core. And, and wouldn't that be just so exciting? It'd be so, so exciting. But together. So ultimately, I want us to go back into that song. God, I want more of you. Because really, that's what it's about. God, give us unity because we want more. God, we want more of your power here. We want more in our families. We want more in our city. We want more in our nation, God. So let's sing and let's make it our cry. God, give us the unity to see your power break out. Give us that unity to see our city change. Let's stand to our feet and sing.